And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, as we are in the book of Galatians, Paul says, I did not consult with anyone. If our faith is genuine... We don't need to have that verified by somebody else. If God has revealed himself to us, he just revealed himself to us. Our accountability is between God and us. It doesn't depend on somebody else's approval. It does, however, require obedience. Next, he says, after quite some time, approximately three years. So the Apostle Paul ended up meeting with the Apostle Peter and James, the Lord's brother. And this is one of those elements within the scripture that we understand that James, who wrote the epistle, is the James who's in charge in Acts 15. And the other James, the one of the original three, he was dead by this time. So there's that. But the doubters and Jesus' brother James doubted in the beginning. They often become the most powerful believers Afterwards, Interesting, isn't it? And finally, at the end of this first chapter of Galatians, Paul mentions something that most of us don't think about. The things that happen to us can connect to various people, but we don't know the full ripple effect of people telling other people, telling other people, telling other people. And with that in mind, there are times when our testimonies, seemingly small and insignificant, reach people who don't even know us. And they praise God because of the testimony of God and the work that God has done inside our own lives. That, my friends, is totally cool. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show. David at he must increase.org. That's David at he must increase.org. You can text us during the show as well. 214 210 8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us during the show. 972 that's 972-445-0770. Now, when you make that call, my friends, you will end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Dynamite! Talking to Dynamite D is like talking to somebody who's happy to meet you. 
That would be correct. That's it right there. You got to love that. That's just good. Here it is. Maybe you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question. Cool. This is a great venue for that. Maybe you've got a praise report and you want to share that. Cool. This is a terrific venue for that. Maybe you've got a prayer request. You got something going on. Hey, I need prayer for this, man. I need other believers praying with me. I need to get to this place. I need to do a little better. I need to have more faith. Awesome. Let's do it together. Let's join our faith together. Bring it before the Lord. Surrender it to his will, but offer it in faith, just like Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not that, that difficult. Here's the whole thing. Let's encourage one another, strengthen one another. Is there not enough ridiculous news, absurd news, and weird stuff going around all of our lives? How about a little, oh, good kingdom stuff? <laughs> how about that? Right? You know, how about a little how about a little butter on the popcorn? How about that? That's just like that butter on the popcorn. All right, this one's so easy. But I have to do it. There's a reason that I'm doing it. You have to trust me sometimes. Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that blank should not perish but have everlasting life. Got to fill in the blank. Right? And you can do King James, NIV, NASB, ESV. You can do BTB. You can do GWBD. I don't care. Whatever you want. Okay, just get the right answer. If you want to call in, you can do that, 972-445-0770. 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483 as well. Send an email, david at he must increase dot org. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, you fill in the blank, should not perish but have everlasting life. Got to fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Okay? Okay? Okay. Can't say any more. If I say any more, you just, there's nothing I'd say. It's just like, it's kind of a giveaway. Uh, so we got that going on there. Uh, uh, let's see. Praying for the audience. Oh, don't forget to pray for ministry direction. I had a very nice meet with uh, Don today. We're still moving. Everything is just in place. One step at a time. Patience, though, is required. <laughs> Yeah, I hate being a doctor. Anyway, uh, <laughs> patience is required. So it's just one of those things. Just going to keep it going forward uh, as we can. Now, we're going to get into this Galatians text, and I want to talk about this. So I uh, got our trivia question out there. So listen. It's, the, it's like the most famous verse ever. So everybody should know this. I don't care what translation you're using. Here it is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that... And then you fill in the blank. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Got to fill in that blank. All right. Got that done. We got that done. Rolling. I'm going right into the text because it's a major portion of text. I want to make sure that we get this. Okay? All right. We are in Galatians. We are in chapter 1. And we are at verse 16-ish. Let's see. There's 15. There's 16. Uh, yeah, it's like 16-ish, okay? Now, here's what he says. Here's what he says. When all this happened to me, I did not rush out to consult with anyone else. Stop. Here's something I want you to understand. The Lord has this amazing capacity to talk to people. I know it's strange to think that, and yet we have what is called the Bible, which we also call what? The word of God. So, you see, so words are things that people use to speak. 
See, see, see. So we already know God's speaking on a pretty regular basis, but just by going Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, dear human race, the text, love God, and we like, okay, got it. It's like God is definitely talking and communicating, but he is also communicating to people in different ways as well. The word is the standard, the plumb line, and there is nothing that is more authoritative than the word of God, period. Next. Look up, look up. There's a testimony where God speaks from the skies, just looking at the sky. Noel and I went out in the backyard the other day, and there was the sun was setting, and there was the sliver of the moon. And I you just we looked up at it, and you say, you just go, what a testimony, what a testimony. And I know that was nice, Dave, because I know where you stay, so I know out there it's not a lot oh, of city pollution. You know, it's beautiful. And it was just like, look at that test, look at that signature in the sky. Oh, David, that's just because of the pollution particles. They used to have signatures in the sky 3,000 years ago, so yeah, no. Anyway, so, so just here's, here's what I'm saying. The Lord speaks, and he speaks. And you know what? Y- you will know if the Lord is speaking to you, okay? And if you're not, and he asks you to pursue him over it, then you do that, and he will affirm it to you or confirm it to you, whatever the case may be. And you can always use the word of God to make sure that what's being spoken to you will not breach something God has already laid down, for certainly God who created the universe can write a book. But you don't have to go to other people for approval. You don't go, you know, like I know there's people you listen to this show, and I'm going to just be so brutally honest. So you listen to a show like this. I'm live, so I do a lot more interaction, right? But then you'll hear other ministers. They're great teachers. They're fantastic. But they don't know any more than you know if God spoke to you. I don't know any more than anybody else would know. I certainly don't know as much as you know about what God speaks to you. He'll never speak to you contrary to the word. So just you can always use that as your as your thing. But you don't have to get approval for somebody like me or somebody like Dee or anybody else. If the Lord speaks to you, he speaks to you. If our faith is genuine, we don't have to need to have it verified by someone else. God reveals himself to us. He just reveals himself. Our accountability is between God and us. It doesn't depend on somebody else's approval. It does require obedience. So if the Lord spoke to you and told you to do something, you don't do it. That's on you. Right? Don't blame me. Right? I was never going to share this on the air, but I think I'm going to share. So we had somebody who really just didn't like our show. Which is totally cool. I don't have a problem with it. You're not everybody can like this. I mean, that's just, I don't even know how that's possible. I don't like every show on television. I don't like most shows on television. Let's just be honest. So uh, uh, they they said, so the Lord told me not to. They felt like the Lord told them not to to listen uh, to the show. And then they listened. Okay, so here's my response. And then they were offended. And here's my response. Why didn't you just listen to God? Right. Why didn't you just obey? What? Maybe it just wasn't their cup of tea. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I got news for you. It's got to be honey, honey chamomile kind of thing for tea. I'm just telling you, you have an accountability to the Lord. If the Lord shows you something, do what the Lord puts before you. He'll never tell you to do something that's contrary to him, ever. And remember, really the best definition of sin is anything contrary to God. But the bottom line is, if the Lord shows you, that's awesome. He obviously showed you he's real, or you never would have responded and said, yes, Lord. You don't get that approved by somebody else. 
And so Paul didn't consult with other people. He was like, okay, here I go. Don't you love that? All right, the answer to the triv. Okay. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. So whosoever means, ready? Whosoever. <laughs> and then believeth. B-E-L-I-E-V-E-T-H, believeth, the continual action of believing. So, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, whoever, believeth, continually believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's like, pfft, how cool is that? Love it. All right, we'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. The David Spoon Experience. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just being honest, right? Because I'll pull from, I'm, I'm Jewish. I was trained well. And I you pull from multiple directions. And this was one of those things. So I kind of needed to recognize that sometimes I'm obnoxious and I need to make up for it. And the whole point of me telling you this is sometimes you will do things that doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong, but because you didn't have the right spirit going on when it happened, you need to make up for it. Now, by that, I mean this. So Noel uh, found out uh, yesterday that she had to get up at 4.30 this morning because the president of, quote, unquote, the company was coming in because they were doing a remodel, and her section was one of the sections that are being remodeled. So she had to be at work at 6 in order to be there. Okay? All right. So uh, now I'm already – I'm not in the doghouse or anything. I'm just you know, feeling like I, I could have done better. So you know what I did? And I'm telling you this for a reason. I got up at 5 in the morning, and I sat with her for about a half hour while she was getting ready, right? And I encouraged her because I knew she was really tired. And then she went to work, and I went back to bed <laughs> for at least an hour and a half until the dog said, that's enough out of you. Get up. You know, that was a whole separate thing. The reason that I bring it up is not because I did something brilliant. That's exactly not the case. In fact, the reason that I had to make it up is because I didn't do something brilliant. But it dawned on me that it is okay, or not okay, but it's probably right for you and I when we're in relationships and we do something that's a little far off or maybe not as uh, authentically Christian as we generally need to be, that we're allowed to make up for it. And so what I was trying to do was communicate with her, I love you. I'm kind of sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, I'm totally sorry because I'm up at 5 a.m. that uh, I, I, I didn't – I wasn't, like, nicer about the whole thing. And so whatever happened by getting up at 5 in the morning last night went bye-bye. And my point in making that um, – sharing that with you is simply sometimes we can do things that is – a way to say I'm with you without doing a whole bunch, and that will just make some of the dumber things less painful or less dumb. 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I just got a notification that our new brochures have been delivered. <laughs> That's great. Great news. Very happy about that. Now i got to figure out how to get all this stuff to Aunt Deb. <laughs> you know, it's not always easy. I told Noelle, for the first time since we've been doing the show, Okay, with all the stuff that's, that we're trying to do, I told her, I said, I'm getting close to my max, and we might have to tr- figure out what to do. So I'm just feeling like, wow, wow. <laughs> but that's good. That's good. Especially when we add another s- whole city to right. it. Right. That ought to be interesting. Man, okay. excited about it. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, here's your triv question. Uh, this is a good one. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, here we go. In his third epistle— Okay, epistle, not the wife of an apostle. In his third epistle, John wrote, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as... And you got to answer that. Now, that is in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. He's like, look, above all these things, I want you to prosper and be in health even as... What? All right? All right, what? You got to answer what? What is it? Oh, first, first John. Oh, sorry, third uh, John, chapter one, verse two. See, that's a little tough right there because you say three John, chapter. There's only one chapter, so you really shouldn't have a chapter. But three John one dash two. Wow. Okay. Uh, if you think you know, because you can help me out of this, that'd be great. Nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. Okay. What is it that John is hoping? Uh, uh, he's saying uh, that you might prosper and be in health even as what? Oh, uh, 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 there you go. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the phone number. 214-210-8483 is the text. David at he must increase dot org is the email. You'll find this a little more difficult in the newer translations. I would just say go with as close to it as uh, King Jamesy, New King James as you can, but uh, you'll figure it out. All right. I uh, got a couple of jokes. Let's see. We did that. Is there anything we're missing? I don't think we're missing anything, right? Just I don't think so. Jokes, history. Okay. I uh, got a couple of jokes. They're not the best jokes. They're not the worst jokes. They never are the best or the worst, right? That <laughs> That's the way to say that. Uh, here's joke number one. Where does a cat go when he loses his tail? Where does a cat go when he loses his tail? A retail store. A retail store. This is tail. He goes to a retail store. Why was the cat afraid of the tree? Why was the cat afraid of the tree? Because of its bark. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, that that one hurt. Uh, Exasperated dragon on the field of battle. Mother said there would be knights like this. See, knights and dragon. Okay. All right. Say what? Yeah, that wasn't that good. All right. What do you want me to do? Uh, Where are dogs scared to go that you might go to? Where are dogs scared to go that you might go to? The flea market. Hello. The flea. Uh, did you hear that the Energizer Bunny was arrested? He was charged with battery. <laughs> okay, we're done. 
I still like the retail one the best. Okay, <laughs> goes and gets a retail. All right. Hey, this is what you have to put up with. I mean, I'm not right. It's free, it's free Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go to your house and say, I wish I, you had a different, uh, you know, scent. I mean, that's not fair, right? Okay. <laughs> that just sounded so weird. Uh, trivia question is, in the third epistle, John wrote, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as... Got to finish the rest of that. 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483. Or send an email to David at he must increase.org. I probably did those cat jokes just for Deb. That's what I'm thinking. Otherwise, I never would have done those. I can see that. <laughs> okay. All right, people. Here we go. All right, let's go to the rest of the text. Galatians chapter one. And we are, we just talked about Paul saying, uh, I did not con- rush out and consult with anybody. That's verse 16. So he said, when all this happened, I did not rush out and consult with anybody else, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before me. Nope. I went to Arabia, into Arabia and later returned to the city of Damascus. It was not until three years later that I finally went to Jerusalem for a visit with Peter. And stayed with him there for 15 days. And the only other apostle I met at that time was James, our Lord's brother. So let's stop there because there's, you know, a lot going on, you know, kind of thing. Here's a couple of things to be aware of. So Paul, after saying, look, I didn't consult with anybody, he actually spent three years separated, nurturing his relationship with the Lord, nurturing his ministry, spending time with the Lord. And the biggest thing that I would tell you out of that is right relationship begets right ministry. And if you want to have a good ministry, a solid ministry in the kingdom of God, then you need to have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. Good stuff, Dave. That is so important. In fact, when the disciples— came to Jesus. Remember that whole food thing? We're not going to cover it in detail now, but remember that whole food thing? It's like they were like, okay, uh, you know, uh, we went to the store for you. You got to eat. And Jesus goes, I have meat that you don't know. I have food that you don't know that I'm eating. And they were like, what? Somebody go to the store for him? What, did he go get a Big Mac? We didn't see him go out. I don't get it. Jesus's meat was this communion that he had with the Father that enabled him to get to the place where he could fulfill the will of God in his life, for the will of the Father in his life. That time spent with God, the Father, and in fellowship with the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to accomplish and everybody is thinking it's got to be by you got to get a degree, you got to do it through a denominational thing, you got to do this. You just think about somebody like John the Baptist, and, and we're going to talk about John the Baptist, uh, I think it's on Thursday, maybe, in that range. But John the Baptist, here's a guy that had a special anointing of God, and here was his calling card. He lived out in the desert. It's like, wait, what? 
and everybody still went to him, didn't they? In other words, you don't have to make this happen. I remember when my son and I were talking before we started the the radio show, and it's just like, and I told him social media is going to become a pro. This is this wasn't a prophecy. I've been saying this for. 10 years actually i said it to noah in the first year i did radio it's just like i think there's going to be a problem with social media it's going to blow up and people are going to hate it and it's going to turn into something altogether and so my son was saying we have to do social media to do a radio show you have to do social media and i'm like no i don't and you know now he's not it's not that everything you do in social media is wrong I just i don't i don't think that's true i think you have to stay closely connected to god to do that not have a social media presence that's just my take Right, I like that. Well, if you think about it, look at how many people rushed out to meet Jesus. They didn't even have a newspaper that we understand. They didn't have a telephone line. They it was by word of mouth. And yet still the whole city responds. Don't you realize God can do anything? You know, you can do anything. And that's like, okay, well, we stand with that. So he's, so Paul's like, you know, I, I went nurtured. I spent three years away. And then I went and saw Peter. Now, this is not, what I'm going to say is not, I don't want you to use this as gospel. It's not. So I'm telling you ahead of time, and I've told you this before. Sometimes there's conjecture in Scripture and so on and so forth. I just always found it funny that he made the reference point. And, and, and later in this chapter, he's going to talk about rebuking, or in the following chapter, he's going to talk about rebuking Peter. So you, you kind of know it's on his mind. But he says, I went and I stayed with him 15 days. As though that was like a long time to hang out with Peter or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It's almost like you get the impression, you know, because like when we visit family, I can go two days or three days or something. Four days, you start to wind down and think, I'm losing it, right? Starting to lose it, right? He hung out with Peter for 15 days. I just always thought that was funny. Like, yeah, hang out with Peter for 15 days. Uh, anyway, so the idea behind this is he nurtured his relationship independently with the Lord to make sure that what he was doing was backed by God. That's what was important. It's not that the he was disrespecting the apostles, and uh, although ironically we're going to see that he even says, you know, talks about people who you know think that they're really important in the kingdom of God. Nah, it's not really that important because only God knows God operates in the importance level. People don't. And so he's like, I'm going to go out there. And then he stayed with Peter for 15 days. And the only other apostle he met was James, our Lord's brother. Now, the reason I'm going to stop there is because I want to take a few minutes when we come back and talk about James, the Lord's brother, not being Peter, Peter, James, and John, being the different, being the Lord's brother, the one who wrote the epistle, but the one who's pivotal in Acts 15, and I just want to talk to you about that run-up, that, that process that he goes through, which I think is quite uh, fascinating. Uh, the, the trivia question in third epistle, John wrote, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So the first prosperity has got to be inward. Now, if that was truly the way the gospel was preached, it'd be a little different than the way that maybe some of the people say, God wants you to be rich. <laughs> Things would be so different. Yeah, it'd be a lot different life, wouldn't it? All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. Since the dawn of the internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. 
People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull-oney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, he's crying. Now, I was still of the mindset that men don't cry. Okay, just so you can know. And I'm getting mad because it's my story and he's crying. And I'm thinking, it's my story. Why are you crying? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And he's crying. He's apparently a good crier. I don't know what a good crier is. I learned after my dad died, but I mean, somewhat. But this is real. You know, he's sobbing. And I'm like, and he looks up at me after he's cried for about a minute and a half and his eyes are red and he looks at me and he says this is how the Lord hurts for you and that was it bam it was like somebody just took a hammer and broke my hard heart and my you know my pride attitude and my my over arrogance and my my everything looking at that guy showing me crying and tears and all i could think of was jesus wept welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for your next trivia question. Okay, get your thinking caps on. Here we go. This is a good one. Good one right here. Ready? Now, I'm probably going to have to give a hint. But let's just start off, and then we'll see how it goes. When did God promise eternal life to people? (laughs) That's not a Santa laugh, by the way, because I'm losing weight. Uh, When did God promise eternal life to people? When did he promise it? Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you a hint when I get back, but uh, or when we get back from this. But here first, I say nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. Also two one four two one zero eight four eight three, 
as well, you can send an email, david at he must increase.org. Going to send you up to the website as we need to and often do. Don't forget there are praise reports and prayer reports on there. Where the information is for the apps, because the apps are also on the website for you to download. It also tells you how to do a shortcut on your phone if you don't want to use apps. But, you know, there's a couple other little things. There's always little things that I'm putting on there almost every day. So check that out. Uh, and then uh, that's also a place to give is on the website. So please do that if you are so inclined, led, or feel or believe that that's what the Lord wants you to do. You can do it through the website or get the information on how to give. Check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. Yeah, that 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 kind of sums up uh, where the show's at, right there. <laughs> I'm going to go with that sums up where the show is. Pretty much. All right. Uh, now I'm going to have to give a hint because everybody's like way off. It's not even partly off, way off. Okay. When did God promise eternal life to people? Your biblical reference, if you can get there, is Titus 1-2. Titus 1-2. Your other reference, if you can get there, is much earlier than you think is earthly possible. Much earlier than you think is earthly possible. That's actually a great hint. When did God—oh, see, that's a good one— Promise eternal life to people. Titus chapter 1, verse 2. Okay? Or previous to it being earthly possible. Okay, I'll just leave that there. Uh, 972-445-0770. 214-210-8483. And Aunt Deb was the first one to get it correct. Uh, and David at he must increase dot org. In the meantime, we'll do our his toe re. All right, today is a sad memorial day for those of us that do laundry. Today is Lost Sock Memorial Day. Seems always happen, don't it? It's the weirdest thing, isn't it? It's so bizarre. <laughs> you go in with a lot and come out with, yeah. where's my sock? Where's that sock? There's always just one. You're like, where'd that sock go? Then you have to go look. So if it's in the washer and you left it in there, or if it's in the dryer and you take your clothes out and you left it in there, or you left it in the dirty, it's just like, what? They disappear. What, what is it? What, what is it with you guys? Uh, today is <clears throat> National Butterscotch Brownie Day. Ooh, we. Oh, man. Man. Oh, man. I'm have to move on that one fast, Dave. Oh, man. <laughs> Just gonna Next. Next. Uh, tear off the tags on your mattress day. 
I didn't know there was a day. Yeah, and so because the big deal, it's like it's illegal to tear these uh, tags off your mattress. People like don't want to do it even after they buy the mattress. So it's just like um, uh, it's your mattress, right? Okay, all right, there you go. Uh, just trying to help people out. Uh, today, uh, 1901, the, uh, I don't even know, Australia, 1901, Australia opens its first parliament in Melbourne, okay? Uh, 1879, and this day, the first U.S. postage due stamps, the first U.S. postage due stamps are issued. They consisted of one, two, three, and five cent denominations. Wow. That was a long time ago in a land far away. And finally, and this is just a classic, you cannot deny uh, how brilliant this is. 1950, Smokey the Bear, a bear cub is rescued from a New Mexico fire, becoming the symbol for forest fire prevention. By 1964, his fan mail was so great, he was given his own zip code. The Forest Service had been using a cartoon version of Smokey the Bear since 1944. This cub became the live embodiment of the cartoon only you can prevent forest fires. Wow. Turned into a star. That's like amazing, right? That's a good history right there. All right. Now everybody's catching on. There will be, by the way, on this uh, discussion, there'll be a little bit of a different uh, translational issue. We'll c- give credit to everybody for both. So relax. That's on the trivia question. I'll do it one more time. If nobody calls in, I'll do my teaching, and then we'll do the the uh, the thingy. <laughs> What's the thingy? That we'll do the what it is. Okay? All right. Great. All right, uh, here's the trivia question, if I put up the right piece of paper. When did God promise eternal life to people? When did God promise eternal life to people? Very challenging uh, type of question, and you can look up Titus 1-2. That might be very helpful. All right, uh, back to the text. I want to talk about James, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because this last portion actually is uh, probably uh, more uh, more, important has more precedent to me than the others. But I want to look at verse 19 of Galatians chapter... We're still in chapter 1? Wow, we're going slow. Uh, And the only other apostle I met with at the time was James, our Lord brother. You must believe what I'm saying. You must believe what I'm saying, for I declare before God I am not lying. Then after this, I went north in the provinces of Syria and Cilicia. I'm sorry, uh, Cilicia, Cilicia. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, better learn how to talk. And still the Christians in the church of Judea didn't know me personally. Just stop right there. I want to talk about James, the Lord's brother, okay? Because you need to understand how significant his role is in the early church. We already know, and we're in Acts 15 practically, we're going to be talking about how James becomes the guy that directs things. Is he the only person that's in charge of the church because he's the Lord's brother? No. There's other people that are in charge of the church. But James has a a, a predominant role in making uh, determinations, directions for the church early on. No doubt it is partly because of his close connection to Jesus. I think it'd be ridiculous to say otherwise. This is, you have to make a distinction. Peter, James, and John are not this James, right? James, that of Peter, James, not died in Acts chapter 12, right? Before Galatians was written, Okay. And so James, the Lord's brother who wrote the epistle, is the dude that's that's there. But you have to understand that before James took this position, he was one of the four brothers that didn't have confidence that Jesus was the Messiah. Why is that important? 
Because we tend to think that people that are rebellious or that do it wrong or that are uh, defiant or insulting or whatever, they're, they're, they're like, they're, there's no way they're going to be anything significant or do anything significant, which is ultimately ironic because we, we're reading an epistle written by Paul who was an anti-church guy. He hated the church. He hated Christians. He is killing Christians. He was putting Christians in jail. And now you have him making mention of James. Here's another guy. Didn't believe his brother was the Messiah. And what does God do? God changes hearts. And I'm, I'm trying to tell you, I'm not telling you, be very careful here. I'm not telling you this will happen with every single person you know. But I am telling you that God can take the hardest heart, the deepest doubter, the most unlikely to believe person, and flip a switch. Why doesn't he just do that? Whatever the reasoning is between how God engages with each specific individual human— and what that law process is for him or requirement is, and what that choosing process is, that is not us to tell God how to do. It is us to follow and obey him. And in that, we don't know. He knows, and he's not telling. And so he takes this one guy who's a murderer and makes him the a, a key component in the church building. Then... On top of that, him defending his message, he's got this other guy who was the Lord's brother who was doubting his brother, then becomes a believer. So now these two people that are for sure on the negative side of the Christian faith become the most positive, influential people on the Christian, on the Christian faith, giving direction and wisdom. And you just think, how? And that's because God can take the darkest, rockiest heart and make it produce flowers. It's just like, wow, how you doing? It's so amazing. The Bible says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it in whatsoever direction he desires. God, in if the plan and purpose of God, maybe you know somebody that's a lunkhead. Oh, yeah, I said that. I mean, I go to Planet Fitness. They have that little lunkhead award thingy, little siren thingy. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is God can take the hardest of hearts and make them the softest of hearts and the most effective witnesses. You think there's no way that person could do anything for the kingdom. And God's response goes the opposite direction. There's no way he's not going to do something for the kingdom. <laughs> Isn't that just so great? All right. Uh, Love, sorry, I love it. Just, this, I know you do. This is just like my fave thing in the world. All right, so here I'm gonna I'm gonna really ruin a couple of things here because this is kind of fun. Uh, when did God promise eternal life to people? According to Titus chapter one verse two, the Greek answer is before the ages began, which is why some translations will say before eternity began, some will say before the earth began, some before this began, and it's like it's kind of a little bit all over it because the word is ages. And so we're not sure how the ages defines it, but it's pre-earth and probably pre-time. It's just the way that God does it. And it's just like, ah, he promised long ago before the earth was even around? Yeah. You see, before there was an earth, God made a promise for eternal life. Hey, guess what? He kept his promise. 
That's who Jesus Christ is, the very promise for eternal life. Gotta love that. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? I cannot wait, though. I have to do this particular sound. We might interrupt uh, while I'm doing the teaching, but I got to do the sound because it is time for Bible Baloney Beatdown. Hello. Hello. It's now time for David Spoon's Bible Baloney Beatdown. Bible Baloney Beatdown. I'll knock your brains out of your head, Annie. <laughs> I can't believe I'm allowed to do that. I love that. Anyhow, uh, Bible Baloney Beatdown has to do with the kingdom of God. So there are people that go, well, you know, in Scripture there's so many contradictions. Like what about when Jesus said, if you're for me, uh, then you're not you're not against me. If you're against me, you're not for me. And they kind of mix it all up and so on and so forth. Let me just help out and just kind of set the record straight, keeping it simple. There are two. Now watch what I'm going to sh- I'm going to show you. There are two. Okay, watch. Somewhere between 1 and 3. There are two. Okay, here you go one more time. There are two kingdoms. Now I'm going to I'm going to blow your mind when I say this. There is the kingdom of God. Right? Everybody would agree. Okay, got it. Seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, and then there is any other attempted kingdom. There is the kingdom of God, and then there's any other attempted kingdom. The kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of men, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what it is. There's the kingdom of God and all the other ones, okay? Or, and they're all just wrapped up into one thing. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdoms that are not the kingdom of God. <laughs> That's all we got. That's all it is. Luke chapter 9, verse 49 through 50, John responded, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow us. Verse 50, don't stop him, Jesus told him, because whoever is not against you is for you. Keeping this in context, the person is not opposed. This is very important. The person is not opposed, but for the kingdom of God. He's not neutral. He's a kingdom advancer. He's somebody that is advancing the kingdom, casting out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. And John is like, well, he's not one of us. Okay, that's a whole separate sermon, a whole separate issue, which I'm sure your pastor has taught on many times, and that is the last thing that you need are a whole bunch of more people just like you or just like me. We need people to be like Jesus, and they don't need to follow us exactly. They need to follow Jesus, and I don't want to have—I don't want to reproduce a thousand me's. I want people reproducing being Jesus because I'm not going to do anything, but people who are more like Jesus, they make a difference. And in context, this person was advancing the kingdom by driving out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. He's a kingdom advancer. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I do have to make a personalized, favorable comment on one particular thing. So that last trivia question that we did ask 
about when did God promise eternal life to people? The answer, uh, so some will say before the ages, before the world began, I happen to personally love before time began because it's so it's such a powerful statement, okay? And it's very plausible that that's exactly how it should be. But if you just think about that, before there was a concept of time, it's just like— From a depth standpoint, oh, that's oh, a lot. <laughs> so, right? It's just like, I mean, talk about sci-fi meets, meets reality. <laughs> it's like, well, that's a contradiction. Well, I forgot. All right, uh, last trivia question, very interesting one. Jesus said this in John 5, 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of. Got to stop right there. Got to answer that. So Jesus said, Search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of. There you go. Got to fill that in. Who are they? What are the scriptures? Testify of who? Who? If you think. You know the answer, 972-445-0770. You also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So a couple things just to update you on that are pretty important. Uh, so we're going to be doing a couple of variation teachings. So I'm going to try and follow track as best I can. But we'll be doing some more of the gift teachings. But we're just going to scatter them through and uh, a few more sermony kind of teachings. And we're probably, I think, probably going to going to do either First Samuel, Exodus, or Genesis are coming into the into the playbook. Okay. And you might be thinking, why? And it's like, ah, uh, there's so many, so many answers I can give you. But uh, just be praying that the Lord will help me make wise decisions, and uh, we'll do the best we can. All right? Okay. All right. So the question is, and this is in John chapter five, verse thirty-nine. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you ha you have eternal life, and these are they which testify what? you got to fill in that blank. So if you don't know, you can look at John 5.39, and if you can just think about, well, what do the scriptures uh, eternally, in, in them you think they have life. So you think that the scriptures actually have the life in itself, but the scriptures are testifying. Right? Now, Roger, again, wasn't first, but his answer is the, one of the best answers, so we'll get to that. All right, so let me finish on this teaching real quickly. Uh, it's not real quickly, but that's all right. All right, so in Galatians chapter 1, we're in verse 21. So he talks about this. He goes, then after this visit, when he had this visit with James and with Peter, he said, I went north into the province of Syria and uh, Cilicia. Boy, oh boy. And still the Christians in the churches in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew, listen to this, was that People were saying the one who used to persecute us now preaches the very faith he tried to destroy. And they gave glory to God because of me. Now, he's not saying they gave glory to God because of me because I'm so great. He's saying that they gave glory to God because of the testimony I shared. And this is kind of what I wanted to kind of land this teaching for today, and that is here. At the end of this chapter, Paul's mentioning something, that, and I mentioned this before, that we don't often think about. 
we, we, we see things for our little parameter. So we have like a parameter of maybe 1, 2, 3, 5, 10, 20 feet around us, and we see the influence we have. But that's not the parameter that God operates with. And the things that happen to us can connect us to various people and have a ripple effect from people telling people telling people telling people telling people telling people. And you have to keep that in mind. So there's times where you think that you're sharing something, you're saying something insignificant. It seems small and insignificant, but God may use that to reach people you can't even understand at 10, 20, 30 times the level. And then they praise God because of a testimony that God has done something in your life. And that's something that you're thinking was, well, that was a small thing. But that small little thing was shared by this person who shared it with these two people. And they shared it with four people. And then four people shared it with four other people. Then it became 16 people. And then it became 24 people. And then it became 58 people. And then it became 200 people. What I'm trying to say is the littlest thing in your life that you think is not that important has ripple effects in the kingdom of God beyond our understanding. And so when Paul is saying this, that's what he's talking about. He said all they knew was that the people were saying the one who used to persecute us now preaches the very faith he tried to destroy. And they were giving God, glory to God because of my testimony, because of me, through me. And what he was saying was this thing that I, this whole thing where I made this decision, uh, I didn't really have much of a decision, where I made this yielding, didn't have much of a decision on that either, uh, this whole change of bout that took place in my life became a testimony for other people to hear and they were blessed by it and it encouraged them and strengthened them and they were giving praise to God. You don't know how far God will take your single testimony. How do you know? What if you say one key component to somebody at one moment? And I'll say it in the nicest way. And in, in the Lord tarries, but 30 years later, that touches some person and you got another Billy Graham on your hands. How do you know? You don't know. I don't know. We don't know. God knows. And when we share the littlest things that the Lord does, it impacts people, and those impacts are much farther reaching than we would assume. I think it's really fair to say that in a natural genealogy process, the person in the first century of of genealogy would not really realize how many impactful families he's created in the 21st generation. So what I'm trying to say is you don't get it, I don't get it, God gets it. And he might take that simple, watch this, you're unbelievably ridiculous, yeah? You could have been in a bad mood and then something happens and you just smile and just like, oh, okay, well, grace grace prevails. And there could have been somebody who overhears you say that or sees you go through this bad thing and changes everything and they hear you give acknowledgement to God. Just this, like the simplest thing. That could spread a, a thousandfold to a thousand other people. How do you know? You don't know what God will do with it. So if you think about it, if you catch it, if you, if you grasp it, you are a part of this ongoing testimony in the kingdom of God. 
and it has ripples beyond your – and that's why you hear me say and that's why you'll hear all of us say, hey, share a little bit. Tell them, Say something. Pray for something. Do something. Be Jesus in whatever capacity you can be, maybe in your words and your prayers and just the whole process because that can impact somebody. You know, you just saying to one person, you know, I'm praying for you. Okay? You don't want to say, well, bless your heart because we all know what that means. <laughs> But if you say something genuine like, I'm praying for you, I'm asking God to, and if you really want to say it well, say, I'm asking God to help you. And then just watch where it goes from there. You won't know where it goes from there because God sees every ripple. Isn't that cool? That's what he's talking about. It's like, all these people are glorifying God because of me. All right. Back to the trivia question. Thank you. Uh, trivia question is search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life these are they which testify of me and so that would be the answer of me and so the scriptures point to Jesus they point to the Lord Jesus Christ all of scripture and the purpose of scripture is for you to draw closer to Jesus scriptures aren't God themselves in other words that's a, a, a form of Bible worship that's not what you're trying to do scripture helps you draw closer to the Lord and he has declared what's in there. So you want to know what he has to say. Get that? Okay. They testify of Jesus now and always. Okay, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.